I am playing host. My name is Ama Gatti. I am the founder and executive director for Culture Encounters. Uh, so I want to thank you so much for joining us um, today on the podcast. Now I have the host hat on uh, because Chad is here actually today and he is going to be our guest. All right. And we have an interesting conversation. Um, Chad has a personal story he would like to share. And so we decided to switch roles where I play host today. Um, Chad has been our acting instructor since we started when we were first um, known as Next Star Art, the Next Star Arts program. And over the years, we've rebranded and we are now known as Culture Encounters, an organization that promotes uh, cultural awareness and appreciation. And so I am so grateful to Chad for his years of service with us. I think it's eight years um, since he's been with us. And now he's also switched roles and now is the host and executive director, um, not executive director, producer <laughs> for our podcast. So without much ado, I would like to bring Chad on and we are going to have a great conversation. I'm really excited about that. So here he comes. Hi, Chad. Hey. Hey, uh, wow, this is crazy. It's kind of cool being in the in the the different seat this time, being in the hot seat this time. It's pretty cool. Yeah. How does that feel? Is it pretty hot? Yeah, uh, scorching. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for, for doing this and letting me uh, tell my story today. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's awesome. I am so grateful to you. I just want you to know that I'm grateful thank to you. you. That you are not just working with me on this team, but you are my friend, you know, outside of what we do, we're friends. And so I am so grateful for years. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we get each other. We have our crazy <laughs> moments. We have stories. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I do. Well, I and hope I'm you know that. I Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so you approached me um, maybe a week or so ago about um, you wanting to share your personal story, which by the way, I think is very brave of you because a lot of people are not able to comfortably share things that are really personal to them. And especially the nature of your story and, you know, being bold to want to share it. And I know in our text messages, you wanted to share that. And I said, you know what? I don't want you to do that alone. I want to be right there with you when you share it. So I am um, glad that you've allowed me into your personal story, into your personal space and including me in that conversation. So th thanks to you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you are the person that I would want to be here with me for this. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, awesome. Thank you. So you ready to jump in? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So I am going to ask you a few questions and then yeah. I'm not even going to spoil it. I'm just going to go straight into the question and then through the questions, I guess we can have a conversation. So it's written down. <laughs> so <laughs> I will not forget because I do not wear the host hat all the no, time. No, it's fine. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So tell us about your story um, up until getting and. At this point, I'm spoiling the story, but uh, up until it'll be, it'll be on the tagline, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about your story, your journey, and uh, maybe a little bit about growing up up to where we are today, and why you and I are having this conversation as far as your diagnosis and all of that. Uh, sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So, gosh. Um. It's kind of one of those things where you you knew something was 
off. It's kind of like, uh, have you ever been in a situation? I'm sure many people have where you all, you feel like you're forgetting something. Um, you know, you feel like you're forgetting something always. It's always on the tip of your tongue. Like no matter what you're doing, there's always just like this little thing in the back of your head that something just isn't right. Mm. Um, and that's been me for as long as I remember, um, can remember, mm. you know, um, I've always been different um, to, to a varying degree. You know, I was, um, as, as a child, um, very shy, um, very shy and also very weird, you know. Um, but I um, was bullied a fair amount. But before that, um, I was diagnosed with ADHD as a child, which uh, was at a time when they didn't really know what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking the mid nineties at this point. Um, so we knew as a child that I was neurodivergent or not neurotypical in, mm-hmm. in some capacity. Um, and you know, they, uh, the ADHD diagnosis is correct. Um, but, uh, there was still like, you know, I would do things medicinally for that, like with, you know, prescription and also, uh, therapy in school and everything, um, and part of that therapy um, is you develop coping mechanisms, and those coping mechanisms can also, when it comes to neurodivergence, can are wonderful and great things, but they also turn into masking. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up masking a lot of your behaviors, mm-hmm. and you end up sort of playing a character um, in a lot of ways. Um, and that fast forwards to where we pivot a little bit to what we're really going to be talking about with today which is ASD or autism spectrum disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, I, from the time I can remember, always loved sitcoms. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking about the way that they made me feel as a, um, as a child, like really emotionally connecting to the characters. Um, and they were kind of my safe place when the world outside, my, my family was great, but like outside of my family, like the world mm-hmm. was not, always the safest place for for me as a child you know being different um so i um you know found solace in these characters and the way they made me feel and found that i was almost i would i would almost looked at it academically and i would study their behaviors uh i would study what people did um mm-hmm. and i thought well if i do these things maybe i'll fit in and i'll fit into society and i'll into whatever mold people want for me or, or whatever it is. Um, and then it, it kind of clicked that if I, like around high school, if I, if I play this part of Chad in front of people, then they won't dislike me or they'll like me. You know? yeah. um, and it, end, it ended up almost like feeling like I was hiding in play sight a lot of the times as far as a lot of the things about me that are non-neurotypical. Um, you know, things like um, what I do things like uh, from a physical perspective, um, I'll rock back and forth a lot. I'll, I'll bite my lip a lot. Um, when I get really upset or distressed, I'll flap. Like I'll literally flap like a bird. Mm. Um, and get very upset um, and not be able to necessarily emotionally regulate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, but these are things that you learn as you get older to either cope with, you learn coping skills to be mm-hmm. able to function, but you also learn to mask. Um, 
you know, to mask these behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, so that all kind of was the lead up, was just kind of seeing all of these things. Um, having a lot of like special interests was another, something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell you right now, I could spout off a bunch of statistics that are completely meaningless to like applicable life. But I could like, if you wanted to know a statistic about a certain band or um, statistical stuff about like pro wrestling or statistical stuff about baseball or any of just like my special interests, I could do it right now. And, That's awesome. not, and it's awesome. It's really cool, but it's also, it's a lot. Like I could tell you every single WWE champion from the year 1963 to now, right now in less than five minutes. Wow. And yeah, and it's because of like, you know, the special hobby element of autism. Um, because you, you look at things and you study them. Um, but here's where we started noticing something was di- this, something was different because you, I would have all of this and, you know, would do well academically eventually and have this, this skill set over here with like the special interests. But from a, pra- from a practical perspective, there are certain practical social interactions that I could not do. Mm. Um, like, uh, oh my gosh, um, just relationships with my friends. Um, I've been for- very fortunate to have a lot of um, close friends that, um, you know, yourself included, that I've been able to maintain those friendships. But I've also had several that friendships, whether it be a friendship or like a relationship that I have not been able to maintain because once the masking is over and you start to kind of peel back the layers a little bit, um, my personal habits would leave a um, um, kind of a, uh, what's the right word? Would leave a mark, so to speak, um, where like, you know, they would, uh, there would become a dissonance with people, you know, there would be a disconnect created. So I've got all of this, like I'm learning to play characters, you know, to, you know, in my career with acting, I'm also playing a character, mm-hmm. you know, in my everyday life where it feels like I am. Um, and as you get older, that gets harder. Yeah. Um, it gets harder and more exhausting and the relationships with the people in your life, um, the social situations get more stressful um, as you try to kind of navigate those, you know, navigate those social situations when you feel like you are constantly hyper, you end up feeling you being me in this case, but you're super hyper aware of every single social situation to the point where you are um, on edge constantly. Mm. Um, Because you're trying to figure out what's going on, um, you know, why, what's going, you know, uh, and I'm jumping around a lot. I apologize. No, you, uh, you know, you, you end up masking a lot of those behaviors, but also um, when you're playing a character, the social situation can't always go the way you scripted in your brain. Right. And because it can't always go the way you scripted in your brain, you have to be adaptable. And then that, you know, contributes to the character that you're, and when I say character, I don't mean you're lying to people. Mm-hmm. You're still you. You know, you are still you, but you are amplifying certain parts of yourself and hiding other parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that gets exhausting to do. Um, And then from, I don't know if this part, because I'm not a doctor and still doing the research on my own. um, I'm very good with like 
practical or I'm very good with like theoretical knowledge, but practical knowledge is a deficit for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Living and functioning can be really stressful. Um, Menial tasks like um, tying shoes, which we attributed to my dysgraphia. Mm -hmm. Um, Cleanliness and not like being gross, but like, oh, dishes, uh, clutter, organization, um, all of that is is something that um became very very stressful uh and, and still is you know like those things like oh uh i'm stranded on the side of the road i literally could not change this tire if i if my life depended on it like mm-hmm. things like that like even if yeah. like i've been shown, shown how to do it like um it's still like i require it got to a point where i like you have to, if there's like a task that needs to be done, um, I need to be like, I need specific directions of like, okay, I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, and that was very frustrating for people that have lived with me in the past because they're like, Chad, why don't you just do the dishes? Yeah. And I'm like, I need, I need you to tell me what to do. Yeah. And people, rightfully so, people don't want to do that. And I, when you're an adult, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so kind of to answer your question, got to a point where my mental health was just, I was so drained all the time. And Tristan, my girlfriend, who is such a support system for me. Yeah, she um, is. She's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She is a special education teacher. Mm-hmm. And her and I were talking and just like through conversation, basically being like, hey, do like, you know, uh, just reading stuff on ASD. Do you think this is something maybe I might have? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of talked about it and basically they're like, you can't have to ask. Yeah. Um and um, my brother is my other big support system. And my mom, um, they kind of both agreed. Um, and my coworker actually um, got a similar diagnosis. Um, and I'd been trying to get in somewhere. But again, tasks are hard, right? So right. like even the task of like going and making an appointment to get tested for this mm-hmm. was in itself a major like, what? How do I do that? Yeah. Like, how do I do that? What steps do you take? What do you do, um, you know, to to get, um, to, you know, even go about doing that? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, anyway, so eventually I, through my coworker, I did get in touch with somebody and that kind of leads us up to the, all right, I'm going to get tested. We're going to yeah. find out what, what has always been off. Like, there's always been that feeling that I'm different, always been that feeling that something's wrong with me. Yeah. Uh, always having that thought in the back of your brain and uh all right, let's go figure out what that is. Yeah. And so how long has it been from when you recognize yourself that something might be off until you actually got diagnosed? How many years has that been? So that's an interesting question. So I kind of been the way it works with any sort of neurodivergency is you kinda sometimes you have to window shop a little bit, like mm-hmm. you know there's a little bit of trial and error with diagnosis. So I've had several diagnoses over the years. Um, and the thing is, and I'm not a doctor, I much preface that with this. Mm-hmm. I am not, I have no medical degree. All of this is just through conversations I've had with, with yeah. doctors. Um, yeah. But it's all kind of one big ASD and autism, you know, autism and ADHD and OCD. And a lot of that, there's a lot of overlapping cross-pollination between symptoms. Mm-hmm. So it is very, very, very easy to diagnose one thing and miss something else. Right. Um, and maybe it's also a little, it's like a puzzle piece. So 
which yeah. is, I think, why, like, in a lot of, like, the autism awareness, you get, like, the puzzle piece of memorabilia. Right. Because there's so many, like, little, like, maybe a, like, a little bit of OCD could also be a little bit of autism. And a little bit of that could also be ADHD. So, uh, long story short, the you know, based on my behaviors in college, um, I got diagnosed with ADHD and depression. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was doing things and I would be in and out of therapy trying to do different things, um, you know, different um, behavioral therapies, but then also um, medicinal therapy. The, the two together, you know, they work together. That honestly right. is how it should work is if you try just medicine without any sort of therapy, for me, in my opinion, it's mm -hmm. rough and then verse, vice versa, you know, every person's different. Um, right. But for me, it would never really stick. It yeah. would be like, all right, cool. I'm better for a little bit. And then I would stop getting better. Um, and I don't really remember if there was like a, I feel like over the summer, my anxiety got really, really, really bad. Like it had been bad. Um, for several years, um, as I'm continuing to get older, my social situations would get harder. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and certain I would have some situations like where I've lost some friends over the years due to decisions that they've made and decisions I've made. Mm -hmm. um, and they, those emotionally were really hard for me. And the fact that I'm like, okay, I'm still not over this. Why am I not over this? And I'm like hearing other people be like, he, he can't let this go. So like all of these like negative things that had happened to me that were kind of molehills out of mountains, if that makes sense. Like they, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I'm a, I'm struggling to emotionally regulate still. Um, we might as well at least see if these are the things that are going on. Right. I already know I had ADHD as a kid. So that at least gives us a starting point. Right. But seeing all of these signs and doing all the reading I'm doing on, the way my brain works, but then how social interactions are really stressful and how I can't always pick up social cues. And I, I overly read into social cues to the point where I get them wrong because I'm overanalyzing them. Um, and just seeing all of that and like, like, all right, let's, that, that was kind of, um, I, I would say this summer yeah. is when I was really serious about it. And then um, started the process. I, through my coworker, got in touch with a therapist in the Western of Enrico. Mm -hmm. um and um went to see her and we we talked we um you know we i think we met three or four times okay um, we first met just like for her to get to know me and mm -hmm. have a conversation about my life and my childhood and stuff mm -hmm. and then um we had to actually wait a couple weeks after that because they are so booked up mm -hmm. um and after that, I went and took like a test, like a literal test. Yeah. Um, yeah. For ADHD and then one for autism. Autism was more of a questionnaire and then mm -hmm. a question, like an anonymous questionnaire through you pick two people. I picked my girlfriend and my brother. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of like, you know, based on my behaviors. And then the third time was a, you know, she has time to look and analyze the data and then make her, her prognosis. Right. Mm -hmm.